Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. But before we delve in, we wanted to tell you about our sponsors, Natural Mat, who make beds and mattresses by hand in Devon using natural, organic and renewable materials with absolutely zero chemicals, synthetics or glues. But it's not just about what your mattress is made of, it's about choosing the right one. Natural Mat goes to great lengths to make their showrooms relaxing, calm spaces where you can try their beds, mattresses and bedding. The best way to find the perfect mattress is for you to spend a proper amount of time trying it out. So Natural Mat have worked with a sleep expert to develop their sleep zone, which offers the absolute best environment for doing so. Each showroom sleep zone has dim lighting, privacy, natural mats bespoke sleep aroma and a calming soundtrack of the migrating birds by their workshop on the banks of the river x in devon oh kate get me there now i'm in (laughs) you're just gonna move in oh yes the result is a totally unique sensory experience and a high likelihood you'll actually nod off there you go sophie i guarantee it you can visit their showrooms in london nutsford devon and the cotswolds to try their beds or head to their website at naturalmat.co And listeners of The Great Indoors can receive 10% off their first order with Natural Mat, either online, in-store or over the phone by using the code THEGREATINDOORS, valid until the 30th of April 2024. So, on with the show. Now, we know you lot love a bit of sustainability chit-chat. So this week, we thought we'd take you on a stroll around a typical house and discuss ways of making each room a little more sustainable. Some of the ideas will work in every room, of course, and others are more specific. So we thought we'd focus on the classic main rooms, kitchen, sitting room, bedroom and bathroom, with a few suggestions for each. And I think it's important to note, not all of these ideas are going to be new to you, but, you know, personally, I love a list and 
I think this episode can serve as a way of keeping all those ideas in one place for you to reference again and again. And do you know what else? I think this topic is really great to spin out to our wider community, to the hive mind of great indoors listeners. And I think the Facebook page group is going to be a brilliant place to carry on the chat of this episode because you've always got loads of great insights, your own experiences, tips, tricks, points of view. So do go and join up there. It is the Great Indoors podcast on Facebook. It's a private group, but we're very happy to let you in. Because like Kate and I say, we're aware that we're not particularly experts in this field, but having both been homeowners, talked around the subject a lot. My husband's particularly passionate about this subject. Uh, We just thought we'd riff some ideas and get the conversation, well, not started because the conversation started, but continue the conversation around this really, really important and indeed popular topic. So Kate, where do you want to start? Well, there are some general ideas which perhaps we'll come to as we go along. But I mean, let's start in the kitchen. The kitchen's a really massive one, isn't it? I think in terms of the design, sustainable design, but also the running of a kitchen because, to quote your son, the cosy lives. Cosy lives. Cosy lives. Because of the cosy lives, I think it's not only just about being sustainable, it's about energy saving as well, isn't it? All these things come to play and the kitchen's a really big one. I mean, my husband, for example, is always shouting at me for leaving the fridge door open leaving the hot water tap running too long in the washing up bowl. I mean, he's like he's like our own little sustainability police. So it's all these little things, isn't it? You know, not overfilling the kettle. I mean, there's just so many areas we can let our sustainability anxiety run riot. Well, and also, I mean, it's the, there's that old question of the boiler, isn't it? I mean, we had to have a new boiler and we couldn't afford the ground source or air source heat pump. So we've had a new boiler. But, you know... Leaving aside the wider issue, that's been much more efficient for our hot water production and the heating. So there are big changes like that that you can make. Well, actually, I have a stat. I have a stat on that. Oh, are we swapping roles? Well, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I obviously I've just bought a whole load of new appliances for my new kitchen. And I'm actually thinking of getting, well, I'm not thinking, I have purchased a new tumble dryer for the laundry room because newer appliances now are so much more efficient at saving energy and which, you know, the uh, sort of consumer website. Yeah. Of which I'm a member. I love which. Are you? Are you a member of which? I can really imagine you being a member of which. Oh, it's stacked central over there. Every time I buy anything, I have to go over to which and read all the reviews and it always like good, good housekeeping as well. The Good Housekeeping Institute. I love I'm so that. surprised. I, I, we have absolutely now five years in swap personalities. That should be me <laughs> saying that. And you should be going, yeah, whatevs. I just like the colour. <laughs> <laughs> well, what which have got to say about appliances and you should be looking for your A, preferably triple star rated appliances now to be energy efficient. But if you have energy saving appliances, you can save £300 a year on your energy bills, which when you look at how hard it is to save on your energy bills, quite That's incredible. Yeah, what, it's quite so a lot, even isn't it? Because I thought a tumble dryer was the beginning and the end of all evil. Well, so did I actually, because obviously my husband is not a fan of the tumble dryer on that exact thought process and so he always wants to hang the washing up 
in winter this is the problem it's not a problem in summer but in the winter he always wants to put them on the drying racks which we put on the landing and then my issue is then I get all the mold growing on my beautiful wallpaper and so then I want to put on the dehumidifier and then he's like well that's using energy but then I have to say to him well that's only using 6p a day so can we just have the dehumidifier on 6p a day and it dries all the bed sheets brilliant but then I started looking into which of how much it costs to run a tumble dryer and an efficient tumble dryer, they're saying, oh, now you see, I don't have the set at my fingertips, do I? But it's around £200 a year to run a tumble dryer all year if you're using it three to five times a week. I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, I have a washer dryer and they're not meant to be very efficient. But I, you know, I never use the dryer because actually I don't think it's very good. So I hang things around the house. But you're right, at this time of year, if you don't have the heating on that much, your laundry doesn't get dry. And if you have wet laundry, then it smells. At 16 degrees, which is what our thermostat is upstairs, yeah. it takes days for things but to But also, dry. by the end of those days, it probably smells a bit as well. So we have, in our pantry, we have underfloor heating. And so I find if I have that on, then the ambient temperature is enough to kind of dry the laundry. But I mean, you know, I don't, it's a moot point. What's better, my, uh, my underfloor heating in a, you know, three square metre space or a tumble dryer? I think we should move on to something more decorative. Uh, but I, I am a fan of the dehumidifier. I do think that's been great because it will dry the laundry and stop your house smelling damp. One thing I would say, I mean, it goes for every room in the house, but particularly with the kitchen and when it comes to sustainable design, this is where this podcast is I would say quite important is if you get it right the first time, you don't have to do it again. So, you know, make your plan, work out what your taste is, what you like, how to make it right for you and then you can, you know, do it once, do it right and not feel in two years time you want to rip it out and start again. On that slightly tenuous note, I was just going to mention looking at worktops, which are a huge part of a kitchen. And, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about the cupboards and the storage and everything else. But in in many ways, the, the visual impact of a kitchen has a lot to do with the worktop. And in my last house, I had a, a quartz Caesar stone and the guy that came to fit it said that he had clients that just changed their worktops every couple of years just because they were bored they change their worktops every couple of years because they get bored I don't think I, I mean who are these people can we can we hang draw and quarter them in the village square can we do that I think we could but to come to worktops now you have had obviously one of the most sustainable you had it in your last kitchen I've used it for desks all over is the old salvaged mm, wood they were school science lab yeah the sort of reclaimed school desks science labs worktops they are becoming harder to find because you know they've been ripped out of schools and a lot in the have been used but you can find those obviously they were made for schools they're tough you don't have to sort of tiptoe around them because they were built for schools so they're to be tough they're usually a roco aren't they which is a hard wood so that's a great kind of vintage look yeah not widely accessible though like you say you have to really dig around for those they're hard to find now but there must be other reclaimed worktops you can get your hands on you know people are ripping out kitchens all the time aren't they you need to tap up that person who's got clients throwing them out every two years. We need to work out what he does with those. Yes, and there's another sort of one of those resin surfaces called Decton, D-E-K-T-O-N. And this is, a, I mean, someone once described it to me as bomb proof. You know, if you have natural stone, which is obviously a finite resource, it lasts a long time, but those marble mountains are getting smaller. Decton is a carbon neutral kind of quartz worktop, and that's made by Cosentino. And it's tough. 
doesn't mind hot pans, surfaces. Well, I tell you what, I have one of those. I have a Decton. Have you got Decton? Oh, well, there you go. I do, in the new kitchen. Yeah, look at me. I'm just like, ping, 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 all the stars lighting up. So I went from my reclaimed vintage worktops through to the Decton. And yeah, I can absolutely agree. They're completely bulletproof, which is brilliant. And you can take your pan, yeah, right out the oven straight on the worktop, which we love. And they don't stain or mark. And that's sustainable in itself, isn't it? That it's built to last for life, really. Exactly. And then I have in the new house, copper. So I've got aged copper, which I know Duval do. I got mine from Hellman Thompson. And it's a sort of aged copper. So I've gone sort of, you know, it's a bit Parisian bar style. But copper is infinitely recyclable. It's antibacterial. Mine is actually, I mean, I bought it because I love it. And it's turned out to be tougher than I thought. I mean, the main issue, it doesn't mind hot pans. The main issue with it is it can scratch. But we've found it's like a bit of magic. If you just put a bit of olive oil on it and rub it in with your finger, the scratch seems to disappear. I don't know what sorcery that is. That's just what seems to happen. And that's an aged copper. I can't speak for that modern shiny one. But again, we had stainless steel, also recyclable. That industrial look, that's what they use in restaurants because, you know, it doesn't mind lemon juice, which marble and granite does. Doesn't mind hot pans, wood can burn. Doesn't mind water, you know, wood and worktops around sinks can be complicated and fussy. So there are, I think, you know, you can go from all of those looks from your kind of marble look decked on, your wood, your metal. And there's one other I wanted to mention, which I have not used, but I've seen it. And it's called Foresso, F-O-R-E-S-S-O. And that is a kind of terrazzo, hugely fashionable, but it's terrazzo made from old wood chips that have been put together to look like a stone terrazzo. So it's really pretty. It's made from off cuts of wood. Looks like terrazzo. It's not cheap. Looks good though. I suppose that's all really, really well and good if you're designing a new kitchen. But for anyone who's remodelling a kitchen, I think as well, and we're seeing this loads on Instagram, it's brilliant. Lots of people reinventing what they already own. And I think that's a really important part of this conversation, isn't it? Is to double question yourself. Do we really need to turn to uh, switch our worktops around? You know, maybe it's just like refreshing the kitchen in other ways. And there's lots of genius ideas using paint and vinyls and other sort of DIY products. Do you know, interestingly, when I was in Paris chatting to lots of the Americans who were over there, because the Americans, as we know, take over Paris during uh, that design week, there was less conversation about sustainability. I'd love to hear from some of our American listeners on this because it's such a big thing in Britain and indeed I think Europe but a much smaller conversation in terms of American interior designers being asked to consider sustainability with their projects and what goes into their projects Uh and they're a big country biggish (laughs) biggish it's a lot of worktops I thought that was quite interesting though that you know I just love to hear again from our international audience on the different perspectives on design especially kitchen design that uses a lot of resources it's a very resource hungry room isn't it because you've got appliances in there you've got surfaces you've got cabinetry lots and lots of lighting like it sucks a lot of materials and as we know with any project that requires a lot of new materials creates a lot of waste as well and is a lot of um, expense so I think kitchen design specifically is one where you can really make a difference by you know sourcing the materials where they're from like you said Kate are they infinitely recyclable or have they been made from recycled elements 
um, and are they built to last? But I think that's that's a good sort of starting point for kitchens. So we've looked at worktops, we've looked at A-grade appliances, we've looked at your design. I mean, I think kitchen, moving on, any more on the kitchen? Well, I've got another little stat, actually, while you were chatting away. I've just got my little witch website open here. I've got a little tab open. Do you want to know? So a C-rated electric tumble dryer, and I think my existing tumble dryer is that because it's years and years and years old. And let's not knock that, actually. Still Keeping works. Yeah. yeah, there is an argument to just keep things going you know like a bit like cars just keep them going till they break down is the most sustainable thing you can do having said that it says a c-rated tumble dryer costs around 50p a load compared to an a-rated heat pump dryer which is just 14p gosh that's quite a difference difference. isn't it absolutely quite a difference when energy is a premium cost as we've discussed right where do you want to take me next well should we we're we're downstairs should we go into the sitting room oh yes let's so the sitting room i mean obviously some of these are going to work for every room but i mean we might as well start as we're in the sitting room with paint yeah you know eco paint obviously applies to any room in the house all paint now is low VOC, volatile organic compounds. Um, so don't assume when you buy a tin of paint and it says low VOC that it's going to be the most eco because that's just the law. But That's industry standard, isn't it's it? It's industry standard. Are we calling that greenwashing, Kate? Oh, I think perhaps we are, yes. I think we perhaps we are. We're calling it out. It's a big word, but yes. <laughs> so you want to look, obviously, low VOC is standard, but you want to look for, is it breathable? Is it water-based? So you don't need to use chemicals to clean your brushes and so on. Is it plastic? free and just off the top of I mean what you will find is that brands that are doing all that will be shouting about it but you may have to go to slightly more specialist shops to get them but you know Graffenstone, Edward Bulmer who lists his ingredients on his tins, Earthborn those are just a few of the kind of mineral colours provided by mineral pigments, no plastic, good paints to use. So we've done the walls in the sitting room. You can also get and this I'm going to hand over to you Sophie more sustainable wallpapers. Oh, absolutely you can. No, 100%. Yeah, you absolutely can. And that can be down to the paper that it's printed on, the inks and the paints that use the to paint it. I know the Sanson Group, who I have my collection with Harlequin with, are really big on this. Massive, massive drive to... I haven't got the stats at my fingertips, but they are definitely leading the pack here in the UK as a British wallpaper printing manufacturer and they print other brands wallpapers as well uh, from their factory up in Loughborough to meet those sustainability targets and indeed exceed them and the amount of water that's used in the factory process all of that stuff indeed waste as well so yeah even down to the wallpaper and the fabrics that you choose you can check out the credentials of the company that you're buying from and check that, you know, that, that there's also kind of, they can meet different organic parameters as well. It's, it's all, it's all in there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Brilliant. So walls, wallpaper. The sitting room is, I feel, perhaps an obvious place to look for vintage furniture. 
because you you know you want the so-called brown furniture perhaps coming back into fashion but it adds character it's more individual it's a good place to look for sort of tables and chairs I think we've been saying brown furniture has been coming into fashion for four years of this podcast I think we can say brown furniture is in fashion it is in fact there we go we can actually meet that expectation now can't we and say again and I think it's about the cycle of a product's life isn't it and keeping it out of landfill and keeping it out of use and wood furniture in particular there's no reason why that should be smashed up and put into landfill if it's still of a fit purpose and there's lots of things you can do you can sand it back you can restain it you can refurbish it you can paint it you can decoupage it but keep it working for your particular room scheme and style and also you know I mean upholstery is expensive but it will prolong the life of a piece of furniture and some of those old sofas old chairs long old armchairs they're really well made they were made to be mended so you know they're made from wood they've got proper wooden pegs in them you can have them repaired you can re-upholster them you can reinvent them so they keep going for years and years I mean a lot of the modern furniture you know where the joints are sort of injection molded plastic or something if that breaks or snaps you're done it's got to go in the bin so you know vintage furniture it's not just about it being fashionable it's about being able to reinvent it with different materials and looks and re-upholster. And I think the point I want to make about, you know, decorating in a sustainable way is there's long been a feeling, and I think you have often felt like this, Sophie, is that it's all got to be a bit sort of brown and, you know, muesli. And, you know, you can bring in lots of colour because you can use, you know, as you say, eco-friendly wallpapers, brightly coloured eco paints. You can have fun with it. Upholstery, modern fabrics on your vintage furniture. And it doesn't just have to be vintage furniture either. I have drum roll oh. this is going to be the oh. first time anyone's ever heard of it being working with dfs to bring out a new range of sofas and what's really interesting about working with them who sell apparently three out of four sofas is a dfs sofa <gasps> i know that's, that's extraordinary lot. isn't that extraordinary so they make a lot of sofas and what's been really interesting working with them as a mass manufacturer is the drive for sustainable upholstered furniture. So the sofa I've designed with them, the frame is made from sustainable wood. So again, I think what's really brilliant is, I think we've talked a lot historically about what can we do, what can we do, what can we do? But actually the big guys really need to be doing it too. And I think they really are. Like I said, the Sanderson Group who manufactured the wallpaper and fabric collection I did massively into the sustainable manufacturing of their products. DFSA also being a leading light. And I know others too, for sure. These are just two companies I've worked with. This is what gives me hope as well as it's making our life that little bit easier because, of course, reupholstering old furniture is something I'm a fan of. But it it comes with a price tag. It's expensive. It's, it's more at the higher end thing to do. And I think bringing in things at a more affordable price point for people is going to hopefully really shift the needle and make it more accessible. But I think that's the only thing that's going to shift the needle, isn't it? Because, you know, while it's very expensive, it's like buying an organic chicken, massively expensive. You know, most people either are going to buy a non-organic one or go vegetarian. So until you can bring it to a price point where it works for everybody, it's not going to be taken up hugely. So, I mean, it's it's encouraging that DFS, who is a mass producer of, of furniture, are, you know, sort of getting involved in it. Yeah, it's really good. And, and and like I say to listeners, it's just another thing to look after. And it should be, I think it already is. It is. It, I mean, this is why DFS and people are doing it, right? It already is a consideration for people. They want to see it. They know people want it. 
on that note, I was just going to say, I'm slightly squeezing this into the sitting room, but I think one of the best things you can buy is a sewing machine. And a friend of mine has just done a few sewing lessons and she started off making a bag and then, you know, a cushion cover. Those things are straight lines. She's really into it. And, you know, I had my sofa reupholstered when we moved in here and there's quite a lot of leftover fabric, which, you know, you've paid for. So can you make a cushion cover? Can you use that leftover fabric? I'm actually going to make sausage dogs for my drafty house in Italy. So that's all the glamour. <laughs> Interesting, the sausage dog draft excluders. Do you know what? I was standing in our hallway the other day going, why is it cold here? Why is there this cold spot? Like I could really feel it on my ankles. And it was the draft coming into the front door. And I think because it was really howling outside, it really accentuated the draft. And I was like, goodness gracious me, I need Kate, you can make me one. I need I will. I need one of those sausage draft excluders. I really remember yeah. them from my childhood. We had them at the front door. Everybody did. I mean, actually, I said to my son, because uh, he came into our bedroom and I've got all my leftover bits of material sp- spread all over, you know, because I was going to put work out what goes with what and what I've got enough of. And I, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to make sausage dogs. And he was like, are they actually going to look like sausage dogs? And I was like, no, that's, that's a stretch too far uh, for me. I can't, I can't do that. And he went, oh, so they're just going to be sausages then and walked out. <laughs> Oh, the glamour's just gone. Sausages. He's not interested. Just sausages, Kate. I mean, God, just what sausages. a disappointment. Yeah. On the topic of draft proofing, back to my little witch article. If you draft proof your home by using sausages and lots of other little yeah. tips, like, you know, putting, there's all sorts of things you can do to cut down the draft, drafty parts of your home. You can save £25 a year on your energy bills. Again, these are not very sexy numbers, are they? But I think what witch are trying to say is all these little things do add up. It's an interesting one that because I was sent a document the other day, which was and obviously these are wildly, you know, what is the average initial cost of various things? What is the average saving per year, which is what you've got from your witch? And, you know, then what is the period of time it would take you to pay back? So the first one was, you know, interestingly, switching incandescent bulbs, the old fashioned bulbs that heat up to LEDs. And we all know they're quite expensive LEDs, but they last a lot longer. So it says here, you know, £5 for for an LED bulb, you would save £8.50 a year. Therefore, your payback time is less than a year. 0.8. I don't know whether that means eight months. I can't do the numbers. So you think, okay, you know, that's good. Small sums, but they add up. And then I looked, because when we moved into this house, we had to replace all the windows because they were ill-fitting, they were drafty, they were old, and they were single glazed. So we went for double glazing, thinking we were doing, you know, a really good thing. And it says here, double window glazing, a star star rated now I don't know whether this is per window or if you're just double glazing your whole house but the number I've got here for comparison is nearly four thousand four hundred pounds and then it says you would save 180 pounds a year and then it says it would take you 24 and a half years to earn that back and I was a bit like oh why did we bother spending thousands of pounds on new windows and double glazing? We're never going to earn it back. But then, as the mad husband pointed out, they are more efficient and there were fewer drafts. So we are saving money on heating and around the edges. So, And the other thing I've done, actually, is, again, sewing in straight lines. I've bought ready-made curtains and I adapted them because they came with curtain loops and I wanted hooks because I think they pull to and fro more easily. But you can add, which I still haven't done, and our old friend on the podcast, Michelle Agunderhin, has done, is thermal linings. 
sew thermal linings to your curtains. And I think you can buy that on Amazon or in, you know, local upholstery shops, straight lines, sew it on. That cuts draft, makes your room warmer. Yeah, um, interline curtains, of course, insulate the room really well or combining blinds with curtains, especially if you've got a radiator under the window, having a recessed blind in the window that you can drop down to keep the heat in the room rather than going out the window is a really good idea. And then you can obviously have your curtains either side to draw when the radiator's not on. So, for example, we've got long curtains in our bedroom and we draw them at night, but the radiator's not on then. So it's not too much of a problem. Yeah, so just it's just thinking of all those ways that you can cut out drafts and, and insulate and keep the whole room looking feeling really cosy. Where are we these days with wood burners? What's the latest? Because I know we, we covered this in a podcast ages ago and the feeling was once wood burners were great, then they were like, oh, they're really not great. We have a wood burner, obviously, in our house, which is an amazing source of heat. And we buy dried logs for it so it's not putting any particulates into the atmosphere because that's one of the really big problems with them. You have to put the right wood in them. Yeah, I don't know where we are with wood burners. I mean, we've got two fireplaces which we've had swept and obviously living in London, that's a smokeless zone. So we have to burn smokeless coal, which is really tricky. Well, it's hard to get the fire going. It's really really. tricky to, to make it burn. Yeah, it's hard to get it going. But all, and I'm not entirely sure where we are with kiln dried wood and whether we're allowed to. So I'm going to say smokeless coal, folks. That's what we're using. <laughs> Please don't come and arrest me. Can we not talk about wood burning stoves anymore? Did you say you had another point to make about upholstery, Sophie, bringing it back to the pretty stuff? I tell you what, though, Kate, where do you set your thermostat? Because we've had a lot of chat in our house about where we set our thermostat. Now, my mum. She's 21, 22 degrees over at her house because she's 78 years old. She gets really cold and she's got a very, very modern build, triple insulated, all the rest of it. And then she has a little plug in electric blanket on top of that when she's watching telly in the evening. We have our thermostat at 18 degrees, which we're finding very, very comfortable. You know, maybe, you know, we've got to pop a jumper on, but it's back to that old fashioned thing of like, you know, just dress for the weather yeah. isn't it and Put then actually yeah. I was finding yeah. at some points in the winter it was getting chilly and I bought one of those plug-in electric blankets to just like heat the person not the room it's that kind of like tag isn't it and apparently you can save loads of energy that way just by dropping your thermostat down we need to now leave the sitting room we're going upstairs to the bedroom So again, the paint and wallpaper and, you know, thermals apply. But this is the key place. When you're spending money doing your house, you do need to think about spending money on, as Sophie said, downstairs in the kitchen, appliances that are energy efficient, that will last for a long time, that can be mendable and obviously beds. And this is where we have to give a mention to our lovely sponsors, Natural Mat, with their natural mattresses. Oh, absolutely, because they're leading lights in this area, aren't they, in terms of sustainable furniture for bedrooms. You know, fully organic materials, all locally sourced, no chemicals, no dyes, no synthetic glues. They're a certified B Corp company. I mean, they're just ticking all the boxes. And I have to say, being a proud owner of a natural mat bed, they're 
it's not like I'm sleeping on a Hessian sack. It is like supreme comfort to boot. So it's the win-win product, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So mattress is good. And I think they make headboards and beds in the same way, using the same principles. And a bit like the DFS concept, I really like their, their idea that their mattresses can be taken apart and recycled. They've actually dealt with the problem of recycling at the design stage rather than worrying about it at the end. And I think that's what we need. We need designers to have to future-proof their products. You know, before they're even manufactured, you know what you're going to do with them at the end of life. Yeah, that's a really good point. The designers and manufacturers come in at the start. The other thing, once once you've got your bed and your mattress, is bedding. And linen is a really good product to have here because linen is, it's breathable and it's sustainable. And that is, and I... I'm going to read this because this is better put than I can say. The reason linen is sustainable is because the entire flax plant can be woven into a fibre. So there's no waste left from the spinning and weaving process. And if this is done organically, again, without chemicals or intensive dyes, it means there's no water pollution. So linen bedding is lovely to sleep on. It's warm in winter, cool in summer. It's breathable. It wicks the sweat away. Also, big bonus, looks great when it's creased, so you don't have to do any ironing. (laughs) It's got that relaxed bedding feel. You've got linen bed linen then, you do. I've just just been thinking about it. You've got linen on all your beds. I've got a mix, but I have got some linen bedding, yeah. Yeah, and it's really comfortable and and it gets softer with use and it lasts a long time. So And it lasts a long time, which is really important as well, isn't it, of course. Um, And another point in, in bedrooms, which struck me the other day and I thought I hadn't really thought about it but wooden hangers because there's been a real trend recently for those very thin space saving hangers which are covered in flock and I have to admit I've bought those because I thought possibly I had too many clothes maybe I need a clear up but they take up less space than my husband who has a row of 57 black t-shirts on wooden hangers clearly wanted to be an architect didn't make it anyhow and someone pointed out I think it was on a substack piece I was reading that the thing about those flock hangers is yes they take up less space but they do break really easily they can't take heavy things like coats and they're completely non-recyclable so I am clinging onto mine to make them last as long as I can but a wooden hanger you know it's made if it will last longer that's true I've got wooden hangers yeah and I've had them for for years they've done a few house moves with me now for sure it's the details isn't it again it's just it gets into that thing isn't it building things that last and last a long time and then they're not gonna yeah and then that's gonna save you money even though the outlay may be more at the beginning it's gonna save you the money isn't it and indeed landfill at the end very very good point and we've already touched on my electric blanket, haven't we? Because I got the electric blanket in the living room, I touched on that. But again, you know, turning the thermostat down and heating the bed and the person getting a nice big fat tog duvet. I've got a natural mat duvet as well. Sorry, I'm really in love with our sponsor. But, um... <laughs> I don't. I might have to have a word with them. Um, yeah. I've got a 13 tog duvet. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so warm. And then obviously I've got then like a colourful eider down as well on top. And it's just about layering up. And for me as well, that's all part of dressing the bedroom decoratively. It's, yeah, you might have your beautiful linen, colourful patterned bed linen, but then you've also got the throws and the blankets and the quilts. It's all very cosy, isn't it? Yeah, the problem is 
you don't actually want to get out of it in the morning. That's the only... <laughs> well, you see, I don't have a school negative. run anymore, so, you know, maybe I don't have to. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you mentioned earlier the thermostat, and I was, I've got a Nest, and I was just going to check my thermostat, but I got a new phone the other day, and I've got to re-sign into all my apps, and that's one I haven't signed into, so I've got to go from memory. But... We have our thermostat actually higher. We have ours at 21. It's a long-running argument. My husband's like, I've got to be warm. I want it at 21. But what we have noticed since investing in boiler, double glazing, new windows and so on and so forth is it's set to 21, but it reaches that temperature in about an hour, an hour and a half, and then the heating goes off. So we have it at 21, but it's on for like an hour in the morning and sometimes an hour in the evening, and that's it. So it's it's on higher, but less. So at the moment, we're recording this at midday. Are you saying your, room, your house has just gently cooled down from having a blast in the morning? Actually, yeah. I'm going to say that I've just reached over because we've got cast iron radiators. So the heating, I think, is set to go off at about 8.30 in the morning, might be even earlier. I can't sign in. My radiators are still a bit warm to the touch. So the cast iron radiators really retain the heat. I mean, I'm quite surprised, actually. I would not normally have touched it at midday. I would have assumed it was all off. So it's turned off, but... I'm not sure how much it's heating the room, but if I was to go and stand against the radiator, it would still feel warm. You could warm your bum on it. Well, because we've got the air source heat pump, we can't do that blast in the morning, blast in the evening. It has to be on all the time. And if it drops low, oh my God, it takes hours and hours and hours to get back up to temperature. So that's why we have to do the consistent... You keep it low. Yeah, low all the time. Yeah, we keep it low. Having said that, no, I think that... I think. It's only my office which has kept 18 all day. I think down everything drops to 16 in the day apart from my office, which is an 18 all the time because I work in it. So it's just, yeah, that two degree, 16 to 18. But yeah, I, to be honest, when I go around my mum's, I can't handle it. It's, I think you get used yeah, to it. It's too warm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's the Bahamas around her place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we move into the bathroom? And, you know, there's perhaps not a huge amount to say about the bathroom. The appliances are the appliances are. Uh, you can obviously buy, it's very fashionable now, the old coloured sinks are coming back and you can buy reclaimed coloured sinks and give them a second life. I would say, like the appliances, you've got to spend money on things with moving parts. So you need good quality taps. Then you can buy them once. You don't need to buy them again. But one material, for some reason, I associate with bathrooms, and I don't know why, which is super, super sustainable, is bamboo. And you can get towels made out of bamboo. You can also get furniture made from bamboo and even flooring. So cork flooring, super sustainable, bamboo flooring, bamboo furniture, bamboo towels. Those feel to me like I'm going to put them in the bathroom, but you can use them in any room in the house. Lovely. Yeah, no, I love all that. And I suppose also the key part, which is very central to the bathroom, is obviously water usage, isn't it? And again, I think if you invest in more modern WCs and shower units and things, all these have been um, developed to be more efficient with the amount of water they use. So again, yeah, you don't just... have to put a brick in the cistern anymore to use less water, <laughs> like my granny did. <laughs> I think one of the big things that comes up in the bathroom, and actually... We have to discuss on this particular episode because it I, it's taking over my Instagram. Is cleaning green cleaning yeah. chemical free cleaning? So not buying plastic bottles of bleach and shower cleaner and toilet cleaner and general cleaner and 
limestone cleaner. Oh my God, you can fill your whole cupboard, can't you, with cleaning products and especially cleaning products for the bathroom, things that are going to shine your taps, all of that. There are now more and more influencers online showing you green uh, ways to clean your home. I think my favourite one has to be Nancy Bertwistle, ex-star of The Great British Bake Off, now a Instagram, TikTok phenomena. Uh, She's just launched a new book. Uh, She's bringing out books all the time uh, about how to be green and sustainable. And she's really into baking, but of course, cleaning. And she, uh, one of her favourite products, which she's always banging on about, is what she calls pure magic and she mixes this up herself she puts it in a reusable brown glass spray bottle and it's a mixture of 200 grams of citric acid 150 ml of water 20 ml of eco friendly washing up liquid and then she pops in some essential oil and she basically says that it cleans everything your lime scale it makes your tap shiny if you've got you know if it's getting a bit grubby in the bowl of your toilet it'll sort that out it's absolutely amazing and I think it's just I think it's really taking off isn't it I do that I mean I use I buy bicarb of soda citric acid and I just put a few drops of that around the tap leave it on and then wipe it off and the taps are shiny you have Nancy Bertwistle I have Armen Adamjan who's known as creative underscore explained on Instagram creative explained he's got seven million followers he's really cool and he's all about well he's he's how to grow plants but how genius cleaning hacks he has loads of those how to store fruit and vegetables so it lasts longer so he's got a thing about you know keep lettuce we're going back to the kitchen but the one I can remember you know wrap a piece of foil around the top of your bananas they will last longer store your herbs in a piece of damp kitchen towel they will last longer I've done all these they work brilliantly in short I've circled us back to the kitchen in short to be more sustainable Pay attention to your materials, buy the best you can afford, get the design right so you don't have to do it again, spend on appliances and objects with moving parts, mend it, don't chuck it, and think about your design so you don't want to change it all the time. There we go. Well, we said at the top of the show that we weren't experts in this topic, but I feel like we've covered a lot. It's amazing what you can know, and it's amazing how much information you can glean from Instagram, from the Witch website, my personal fave, and indeed conversations that we have online. So like I said, let's carry on the chat in the great indoors over on Facebook. Of course, you can email and DM us as well. And we'll put together a bumper newsletter for our insiders with all our tricks, tips and links to where we get our sustainable inspiration for you. So look out this week. And we'll be back next week. So all that remains for us is to thank our sponsors, Natural Mat. To learn more about Natural Mat's organic beds, mattresses and bedding, head to their website at naturalmat.co.uk or visit one of their showrooms in London, Nutsford, Devon and the Cotswolds. Natural Mat are delighted to offer the Great Indoors listeners 10% off their first order by using the code THEGREATINDOORS, either online or in one of their showrooms. Valid until the 30th of April 2024. Thank you also to our producer Sarah Cudden of Feast Collective and of course to you, our lovely listeners. And we'll see you in the Great Indoors. <laughs>